What is up, my friends? Welcome to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where I interview incredible fathers, gaining wisdom from their stories for you and I to grow in our craft. I'm your guide, Ned Shout, father to five kiddos, currently ages 8 to 15, and husband to my rad wife, Sarah, working on our 17th year of marriage. So yep, I'm in the thick of it, the adventure of fatherhood, and I'm working daily to rebel against the low expectations for fathers and create a world where fathers know who they are as they show up for their families. You and I have the greatest opportunity to impact our world through the way we embrace our fatherhood role. I believe the role of the father is to serve, guide, provide, protect, and have fun in the messiness of it all. Super stoked for you to meet my friend Will Lewis today. This guy is a passionate father of one. He has a website and Instagram called Fathers Are Needed, and he is working daily to rebel against the status quo and to help fathers know who they are and help them to step into their role as fathers. He wants to help fathers fight to raise their children, something that he had to do as a single father. Enjoy hearing my friend Will's story and passion for fatherhood. All right, here we go. So pumped. Another episode of Fatherhood Field Notes. And I'm so psyched to meet my new friend, Will Lewis. Will, what's up? How are you? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing fantastic, man. Whenever I stop to talk about fatherhood and peel away from the day, and once the moment starts, right, we always got our stuff. But once it's like we sit down, we're going to talk about probably the most important role, if not second most important role <laughs> we'll play right. in this in this life um, is is being a father. You know, being a father, and I love it. You know, we don't we don't record the the video now, but you're rocking your fathers are needed gear, and I'm yes, stoked sir. to jump into you know the nonprofit you started uh, around you know changing the narrative for fatherhood, which is obviously really important to me, and and that's what this podcast is all about is capturing stories. You know, because I think sometimes we you know this is going to date me a little bit. We see the Al Bundy or the Homer Simpson or like the mm-hmm. dumbass dad on the TV shows, mm-hmm. and, and we think like that is the norm. And the reality is, is there's a bunch of dads out there like you and me who are really showing up every day. And so that's right. what we're here to do, man. Just capture your story and capture your your views around fatherhood. Yeah, absolutely. I'm ready on it. And I'm excited to be here. I, I definitely want to thank you for, for having me here as well. Yeah, man. I love it. I love it. All right. So a couple questions just to kind of get people to understand um, who I'm talking to right now. Where mm-hmm. is it that you live? So I'm currently in Arizona. Uh, okay. Phoenix metro area. Uh live just outside of Phoenix, Mesa to be exact. Um, yeah, been okay. here for, wow, been here for about 13 years now. 13 All years. Right. Crazy. All right. And then how old are you today? Um, I'm 31. 31. 31. Yes, sir. And how many kiddos do you have? I have one kid, one daughter. She'll actually be six next Monday on the 2nd, August 2nd. Okay. Okay. Yes. So you've hit a couple stages, baby stage, toddler Mm -hmm. stage, now entering a new world, new world. I got their opinions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Awesome, man. And then what do you do for a living? So on the day to day, just to provide, what is it that you find yourself doing? I'm actually in the mortgage industry. I'm a a licensed mortgage uh, loan officer. So uh, that's, that's my day to day job on top of being a father as well. So. Yeah, yeah. And I love that. And top of being a father, right? Because that is an uh, important role, important job. Um, all right. So when asked, what do you think the role of the father is? How would you define that? Um, I, in, in my opinion, I think um, it kind of goes back to 
how my relationship is with my daughter. She sees me mm. as her hero. So I mm. kind of define it for myself personally as being her hero and like what kind what comes with being a hero, right? Which is a protector, a provider, yeah. uh, somebody that she can constantly and consistently look up to or go to. You know, I say this to a few people where I, I always want that relationship with her where it's like if something ever happens, I, I never want her to be like, you know, oh, I don't want my dad to find out. I want mm-hmm. to, like, oh, I, I want to call my dad. Like I need to call mm-hmm. my dad. You know what I mean? So that's, that's the kind of, kind of, kind of what I kind of take with that. Yeah. I mean, dude, how valuable, if you can maintain that relationship with your daughter, like, right, you're cultivating it at a young age. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, because you're intentional and you're talking about it, it's not like she's 15 and you're talking mm-hmm. like, man, I really want to have a communication. Um, but you're cultivating that relationship with her when she's young. Why is that important to you? Um, I think right now it's, it's so that one, she can get used to it as she's growing up, but then also, Mm -hmm. so I can, I can be better at it myself. Mm. Um, I started off, uh, I was raised in, in a disciplined household. Okay. (laughs) So that's kind of how I started off with my daughter. Um, but with it just being myself and everything, I realized in my house, it can't just be 100% discipline. Right. Mm. And so I, I'm starting to, I started to realize, I started to learn, um, different, different ways to do, to do different things. And once I started thinking like, well, you know, she got, she needs somebody that she can just go to also in this mm. house as well, you know? So, and so kind of switching, switching to, to, to that role in the house, um, in her life, I should say. Um, it's kind of, it's helping me grow. It's helping me grow, but then also got to do it early. So then that way she knows as she's growing, she's growing, she's learning. She's like, Oh, I can go to my dad whenever, whenever I need to, if I'm in, if I'm in trouble, I can call my dad, you know? So then that way when she's like 16 or something, <laughs> she ever gets in trouble. She already knows uh, I'm calling my dad. Yeah. And I think it's an interesting point that you're making because discipline is important, right? Mm-hmm. I discipline my kids, mm-hmm. but Sometimes if you lean really far into discipline, it doesn't necessarily require you to grow as a person, as the dad, right? right? Because I can just say, do this, don't do this. It's not about what I'm doing. It's not about how I'm living my life. It's about how I'm telling you to live your life. And if you don't, here are the consequences. Whereas when you build a relationship, still parenting, there's still discipline in this. It requires you to be a growth minded individual because you're building a relationship and, and allowing yourself, I would even say be vulnerable with your daughter. Sometimes like mm-hmm. she sees you grow while she's growing. Mm-hmm. Right. Which then I think is the piece that gives uh, the trust factor that she trusts. She could come to you because it's not just about right and wrong. There's right. much more to it than that. Right. Right. Absolutely. And, um, and as she's, I know she sees me grow as well. Um, I actually, mm-hmm. I, you speak about vulnerability, um, I've had a vulnerable, vulnerable moment with her where mm. um, I realized I messed up and I had to sit her down and really apologize to her, you know, and that took a lot for me just because, you know, thinking, you know, growing up, you got to be the man. You have to, you yeah. know, no yeah. weakness, Suck strength, up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, strength, you know, you don't apologize, whatever, you know what I mean? So I really had to sit down and just really be emotional with her or, or vulnerable with her and, and, and really apologize. And even though she's young, she, accepted that and she 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 took it in and she really I, I feel like she realized what was going on you know yeah I, oh 100 percent. i think mm-hmm. that we we 
treat our kids like children a little too much. And, and I'm mm-hmm. not saying I want to expo- I want my kid to be a kid and not have to grow right. up and enjoy being a kid. But, you know, I just had an aha this the other day. My my eight year old daughter, she's my youngest. We're doing we we're doing kind of like some family questions together. And she goes, you know, I need to be more self-aware. And when she mm-hmm. said those words, you know, eight years old, self-aware, me and my wife look at each other like, what the heck where that come from? <laughs> now, on one hand, it's like, oh, that's great. On another hand, the fact that we look at each other and are surprised by it shows me that I think we treat her like a baby sometimes a little mm-hmm. bit too much. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I think that saying, hey, I'm going to sit you down and I'm going to talk to you in your terminology, right. but I'm going to be open and vulnerable. I mean, dude, you're teaching your daughter some critical life lessons right there right yeah yeah man I, that's that's what I'm, I'm trying to work on but then also teaching myself those life lessons as well you know but, and i think that's a great place to be right yeah. if you and i are learning then those around us are going to be learning exactly. too right exactly. <clears throat> yeah and then hero so you know um i ask everybody this question what's the role of the father and funny is i don't feel like hero comes up very often mm-hmm. um but when you really think about that daughter you know, that relationship, that hero piece is pretty key. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. How right. do you maintain, how do you maintain that, that role, uh, that, per, that perception, right? Because it's not just about being the strong provider and protector. It, it's also about the vulnerable piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. I'm not perfect. You know, um, I, yeah, I, I make none my of mistakes, us. you know, uh, but well, in making them, those mistakes, um, has, has, has my biggest growth has come out of those mistakes, you know? Mm. And so what I realized for her to, you say how to maintain it, I think the biggest way for me to maintain it is making her feel safe with me. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Regardless if it's in the home, out the home, regardless if it's, she's in trouble, um, you know, she needs to feel safe coming to me. You know, or if there's if something's going on outside, like in Arizona, we've been having these crazy storms lately, you know, lightning, thunder scares her sometimes. She comes straight to me, you know, because she knows daddy's going to keep her safe no matter what. Happens. When we were at a store, like, there was a car accident um, at a in a parking lot next. So she's heard a loud noise. She just mm. ran and grabbed my leg because she knows she's safe with daddy, you know. So but then also when she feels uh, uh, um uh, emotionally afraid or, you know, if something is going on, wow. just yeah. she's actually came to me before. Um, like, Oh daddy, uh, um, this is going on, you know, and I'm and and I don't like it, you know, and she's able to open up to me in, 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 in that manner. Cause she knows she's safe with me and emotionally as well. Hmm. Dude. What's so funny is, as men, we pursue so many things in this world, you know, like accolades and business and, mm-hmm. and this, that, and the other, but there's nothing better than that feeling. Like when there's a loud noise or thunder and your little girl just runs and latches onto your leg, yeah. like, does anything beat that? <laughs> no, it doesn't no, at all. <laughs> no way. So it's like, dude, we need to just release a little bit on all the pursuits mm-hmm. and just focus in on the home, focus in on those relationships that are key. Mm-hmm. Dude, uh, I think that that line you said, make her feel safe with me, mm-hmm. like just having that affirmation to kind of meditate on and think about, does my child feel safe with me? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of dads, if you pause and go, 
You know, I, I, every Tuesday I come home and Tuesdays are a hard day. I mean, I'm guilty of this and I come through the house Mm -hmm. and it's like, Oh shoot, I got to kind of walk on eggshells around this dude. Mm -hmm. Those are moments where you're not creating safe, stable home. Mm -hmm. Like leave your crap at home or at work. You know what I mean? Don't bring that home. I think that that statement is just so huge. Like it's so huge that if we just did that one thing, the world would look different. Right. 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 Completely agree. Completely agree. It's like, if my son and daughters felt safe with me and I just, that was a thing I focused on. So dude, love it. Love it. Okay. So Mm -hmm. hero, that was a beautiful answer for the hero. So your daughter's six Mm -hmm. and you're 31. And Mm -hmm. when you go through life, you know, there's relationships that we all have and we learn stuff about ourselves in relationships, right? Mm -hmm. Because whether it's a best friend, a girlfriend, spouse, Mm -hmm. this, that, or the other, you're confronted with things when you get, you know, in an intimate relationship, things you like about yourself and things you don't. So as you have had your daughter and you see parts of yourself in her, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Yeah. Where, where have you learned, like, what have you learned about yourself as you've seen, you know, as you've just had a kid and you've seen yourself in her? Oh man. Um, I say, one of the biggest things that I've noticed of myself in her is her energy. Mm. Uh, I know I was very active as a child. Yeah. I'll tell you about my parents will never let me forget how <laughs> I was as a child. Uh, and my daughter, her enthusiasm, her energy is crazy. So what I've had to learn because of that was, I know it's cliche to say, but I've had to learn patience. Um, mm. But not only patience, I've had to learn how how to stay calm and how to react calmly, you know, because now, again, you know, her energy is something that came from me. I'm very energetic myself at 31. So yeah. just imagine what I what I was when I was <laughs> six, you know. Right. And uh, my parents, they they remind me all the time, too, especially my mom. Like, um, you know, she'll say that's how you were when you were her age. You were 10 times worse mm. when you were her age, you know? So it was like, at first it was like, okay, well, why, you know, calm down, calm down. But then it's, she's just being herself, you know? Mm-hmm. That's something that I had to realize. I had to learn. It's like, okay, you know, let her, let her be who she is, be a kid, you know, still within some guidelines. Right. But then I have to react and, and, and stay calm while doing so. Yeah. You, yeah. Okay. So I want to talk about the calm part, but you, mm-hmm. you bring up a thought. I think a lot of us, we have certain characteristics when we're kids, right? Like mm-hmm. hyper energy or make mm-hmm. friends anywhere or like whatever it could be. And then whether our parents or our peers, they start to help mold us. And I say help mm-hmm. really loosely and to look like everybody else act like this. Don't be out of the norm. Mm-hmm. So what's interesting is as a dad now, it's almost like we have to acknowledge, man, some people put some put some boundaries around me actually. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not using my energy to my full potential. Now that I'm a norm, you know, person, how do I not put those same restrictions on my kid Mm -hmm. so that they can like really grow into who they're designed to be while not, you know, obviously being obnoxious in society, (laughs) but it's just a thought like your daughter's half you, right? (laughs) So those things are literally like half will. So Mm -hmm. how do you knowing, who you are and self-discovery, how do you help 
your kid cultivate that and not have to refine it at some point in, mm-hmm. in life, you know, cause dude, like mm-hmm. middle school and high school can be harsh and can kind of strip away some of those core things that make us unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first thing I thought of when you said like, you know, boundaries with uh, uh, pe- people around you kind of mold you. I think looking back, like I've thought about this a couple of times, I think I set the most boundaries on myself. Uh, the most Because you were trying to meet other people's expectations? Yes. Yeah. Part of, yes. Part, that was a, a big part of it. Yes. Trying to fit in. You know, right. so I was, right. I was sheltering myself who I really was. And so mm-hmm. thinking about that is like, I don't want her to do that. You know, right. I don't want, I, especially I don't want to be the one to do that to her, you know, right. making her think that, oh, I have to be this way for my dad or I have to be that way for my dad, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I want her to be able to just be who she is, find out who she is. She's still young. She's only six, you know, so yeah. she's yeah. She all, the only thing on her mind right now is fun. That's fun. That's all she wants to do. But in the process of that, like she just started first grade. So, you know, she's beginning her identity. You Mm -hmm. know, she's beginning um, uh, to see who she's hanging around, who her friends are, et cetera, et cetera. And and I just don't want her to. I don't want her to be molded by anybody, especially myself, because I think it starts at home. Right. Like if I'm yeah. her, obviously other people are going to be able to. But I feel like if I don't have those boundaries, oh, well, my dad doesn't have no boundaries around me. So you're not going to have boundaries around me, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I hope I hope that works. <laughs> you know, again, I'm. Well, still I mean, learning, but. yeah, but I mean, I think that your comment alone of is is I'm learning to be to you first. You started off by saying patience, which mm-hmm. we all are like, oh, God, mm-hmm. I thought I was patient until I had a kid. Oh, right. <laughs> and then. And then you said um, two things that I think really stuck out is be calm, like remind myself, okay, be calm. Mm -hmm. And really what that means is step back and pay attention to what's happening right now. Mm -hmm. Like obviously the days are full and the days are busy, Mm -hmm. but if I create a process for myself that I step back and I'm calm, then I'm not reacting, which is the other thing you said. And if you're not reacting, then you're not you're not having an auto response based on some sort of societal Mm -hmm. thing that was put on you. You're able to pause and go, okay, how does Will actually want to respond to this Mm -hmm. situation? Right. You know, and sometimes you might say, Hey, this isn't the place to be doing that. And then sometimes you'll say, dude, let's cut loose. Let's have some fun. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's definitely something that I've learned with her for sure is the reacting part, you know, step back, relax and assess what's going on, assess the situation a little bit better. Like I've Mm -hmm. always been the one like sports. um, I'm always doing so many things at one time where it reaction time, you have to be able to react quickly. Right. You know, again, I'm in the mortgage industry. So before I have, I have like years and years of sales experience. So when somebody's talking to me, I have to think fast. I have to react fast. Mm -hmm. Now with my daughter, it's completely different. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I have have to slow down. Like you said, take a step back. Mm assess what's going on. And that's where I'm finding my growth, you know, and I'm taking that in, into life as well. You know, I'm mm. learning to, I'm learning how to respond differently, you know, respond, um, 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 doesn't always have to be my, the first reaction, you know, um, think, think a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. If we could just cultivate that habit, I think that Again, that's one of those things that we have the power to do, but a lot of times we don't. So the fact that you're working on that habit is 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 critical. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> all right, so we're already doing it. The podcast is Fatherhood Field Notes, so we're just digging into your field notes, <laughs> right, learning right, from your right. wisdom. The mantra behind it is rebel and create, mm-hmm. and and this could be applied to anything. 
you know, but, but as men, as fighters, as warriors, we want to rebel against something, you know, and, and so to look at fatherhood as a critical piece of like, Hey, there's a battle to be fought here. I think that that is key for us. And, and this could be, I'm rebelling against, you know, being on my cell phone at the breakfast in the morning so that I can cultivate a great relationship before school starts with my kid, or um, I'm rebelling against, you know, I didn't have a great dad. So I'm rebelling against, you know, fatherhood and I'm going to create the father I always wanted. So when you think about your world, what's something that you're rebelling against and what do you hope to create out of that? Um, I think the biggest thing would be um, rebelling against the, the negative connotation of, um, of fatherhood the negative narrative of, of fatherhood and the stereotype. Um, I think to create out of that would be um, just changing the narrative, showing that, showing how positive fatherhood, you know, fatherhood, mm. how positive fatherhood can be the positive effects that, that fatherhood can actually have on, on kids. Yeah. Where do you think? Okay. So, you know, I kind of go back and forth on this. What is the negative narrative right now? <clears throat> um, I think the biggest one is that um, I don't want to say the biggest one because I think there's there's there are multiple, but that fathers aren't as involved mm. as as mothers. And again, this is not to bash mothers or anything like yeah. that. But moms yeah. are awesome. But yeah, exactly. But yeah, but but it's definitely different to think of Mother's Day versus Father's Day. And I'm not saying that it shouldn't. I'm not mm-hmm. saying it shouldn't. I mean, dude, moms mm-hmm. are super amazing. No, right. But, right. But I agree. I agree that there, you know, the idea of fatherhood being as important is not there. Right. But I was just curious from your perspective, from your worldview, you know, is there anything else that you feel is negative towards fatherhood? Um, I don't think those are the biggest because I think everything else can kind of tie into those. Just the involvement Mm -hmm. and the importance, you know, like the first thing that came to mind again when you said that was the the effect um fatherhood actually has on kids again but then that goes back to the importance you know and i think it all just kind of ties in together really yeah it's tough because you know depending on where you live the the family dynamics you know Mm -hmm. you definitely see a lot more moms involved at the school with the kids depending Mm -hmm. on where you're going to school Mm -hmm. you see less dads and it's almost like i think dads want it but I don't know that they've really been invited into that role. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm trying to break those barriers down. Really. And that's like, what, fa- that's what fathers are needed is about. Right. Right. And that's also, that's something that I do like myself. I'm not saying like, we should just do this. We should just do this. But that's something I, like you talk about schools is a perfect example. Um, um, so I, I have 50, 50 custody with my daughter. Right. So mm-hmm. all last week she was with me. She just started school last week. I take her to school every morning. You know, I stay for her flag ceremony. You mm. know, and I wait until she actually goes to class and where she can't see me anymore. And then I go, mm-hmm. I go to work. Um, today was the first day where she was just with her mom and her mom took her to school this morning. I didn't have to go to the school. But I still got up earlier, drove down to her school just to be in that flag ceremony. I know, you know what I mean? Just so that way she can see she sees that I'm there. And it's crazy. I thought to myself, I should have recorded it because as soon as she saw me, she yelled, Daddy, and ran to me, you know, grabbed my legs, gave me a biggest hug, and then went back and played with her friends. You know? And, Dude, that's yeah. freaking huge, man. <laughs> right. You're like right. my morning, my morning, you know, and, and it's to each zone and, and I'm sure there's different days and different schedules. But the mm-hmm. point is, even on your off week, 
<clears throat> when it's, hey, more gym time, more sleep in mm-hmm. time, more whatever time, you got your butt out of bed and went down to a 15-minute ceremony, which ate mm-hmm. up an hour of your day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm maybe, but right? To drive yeah, there, to yeah. wait there. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But – Dude, that's huge. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's huge. Thank you. Thank and to create that consistency for her to see you and be able to start her day off knowing that I might not have woke up today at my dad's house, but mm-hmm. he is still here. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. And that, that's exactly what I'm what I want her to know. Like I'm always I will always be there for her. Like no matter what she does, wherever she's gonna be at, whether she's with mommy, she's with daddy, that but daddy will always be there to have her back. You know, mm. Mm. man. All right. So tell me a little bit about fathers are needed. So <clears throat> when did that start? Why? I mean, I, I get the, I get, you know, I can hear your passion. I want to hear more though. Um, you know, clearly that's what you're rebelling against. And that's what you're working to create is this idea that dads are needed. Dads matter. Mm-hmm. Fatherhood matters. Right. Um, so definitely the same heartbeat I have. When did this start and why? Um, so that you started, really just about after um, the whole custody battle when we were going, mm. going through the courts. Um, so I look at things, it kind of, it, it grew kind of from two, two aspects from a fatherhood perspective and then from society's perspective. Right. So from fatherhood perspective um, afterwards, I had to go through these parent, these parenting classes. Right. And while I'm in those parenting classes, I'm hearing all of these stories from different fathers. A lot of them are talking about how they just want to give up because uh, they mm. can't make it anymore. They just want to give the kids to the mothers. They don't, you know, they they don't know if they can just some someone full custody, and then they didn't know if they could they could do it. They didn't know if they could be single fathers, you know. So I'm hearing all of these stories, and um, and and I'm like, you know, well, something's got to change, you know, from from our perspective, you know, because if we don't take things serious, society's not going to take things serious either, you mm-hmm. know. So, but do you think that the fathers were taking it serious, but that there is just so many hurdles for them that it was hard to take serious? Yeah, I, I think so. I think that's what it was. So, I mean, yeah, they were taking it serious because they were there, right? They were fighting. Right, because the parenting kids. class is like, if I'm trying to get custody of my kid, that's why I'm going to this class. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, I just think it was because it was just so many obstacles in front of them. That they were like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can take this, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But in, in, so it's not that they weren't taking it serious. How, however, there are some fathers that don't take it serious, that they don't show up to anything, you know. And I, I kind of throw things at them as well. But with right. those parenting classes, it was like, OK, well, you know, we can't give up because at the end, the long run, it's going to affect the kids even worse if we're not there. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, we're just creating our own problems when the dad's not showing up, we're creating our own problems. I mean, and and moms are fantastic, but it's a lot of pressure on them too, Mm -hmm. to have to figure it all out, to try and be everything to this kid. Right. So you're in these classes, you're fighting. It sounds like your battle for custody was, Mm -hmm. was also took some time and and was, Mm -hmm. was, was hard on the soul. Yeah. Yeah. It took about a year. It took about a year. Yeah. It, um, I think we filed like February 2016 and the custody and the, 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 when was it end of January 2017 was the last day of court so it took about a year it took about a year since we filed and then um after that <clears throat> excuse me after that is when I had to go to those 
to those parenting classes. And that's when I was hearing these stories. Yeah. Again, you know, there's a lot of stories that were very positive, um, but it was just those other ones that kind of just stuck out like a sore thumb to me, you know? Why do you think now, now say I'm asking this question from a bigger perspective of you've been in classes, you've been talking to lots of dudes about this kind of stuff, not just honing in on your own story, but why do you think that there's such a battle against this? I mean, is it, does it come down to, well, dads are dirtbags, or is it the mom's trying to stick it to the dad? Or is it like, what's the underlying current of why it does seem like it's difficult? Because you hear, I mean, I feel as though I hear more that a dad's trying to gain some custody to see their kids versus a mom. <clears throat> um, I think it, it, it starts from the past. I feel like, uh, hmm. I think, I think we came, you know, society, uh, even society has grown from the past, but the system and in, in, in the politics ha- hasn't caught up yet. Uh, I think that, um, because, for instance, when I won custody, uh, when I won the 50-50 custody, I got lucky because uh, my lawyer my lawyer explained to me about a year and a half before I went to court, uh, Arizona changed to a fatherhood state, like a father's mm. So before, I would have had to prove that I'm a fit father. Like, the, she would have just got custody, and I would have had to mm. prove that father but it changed to okay now you need to prove why he's not a fit father uh you know what i mean so you guys have 50 50 and you need to prove why he's not if you want to take custody from him and i just don't think that that's everywhere in america or you know i don't know the rest of the world but i don't think that that's caught up everywhere you know and so there's just a lot of those type of hurdles um that that certain fathers you know have to go through under certain circumstances um but then, that's, I, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I, I'm sorry, but I mean, at the flip side, too, mothers give birth to the kids, obviously, right? And so, yeah. a lot of times, some a lot of fathers, because I know the other side as well, I have I, I'm, I'm very good friends with some with some single mothers. There's fathers on the other side who they're like, Oh, well, you had the baby, I want nothing to do with it, right? You no, know? yeah, it's yeah. true, it's it's mm-hmm. out there, yeah. And so, I think because because there's there's that side of things too. It kind of pulls down fatherhood as a whole because we're not wholly hundred percent. Everybody trying to progress. There's some that's still pulling us down. Right. Right. So then with fathers are needed, it's a nonprofit, correct? Correct. And what's the, what's the goal behind it? What's the drive? What is it that you're doing practically to help the situation around fatherhood? Yeah. So, um, the, the main goal is really to just shed light on the importance of fatherhood. Um, mm-hmm. so we do it by creating bonding events. Okay? Oh, so, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, so far what I've done, um, I've done like an annual Father's Day barbecue. Um, I've done for a few years, you know, because, you know, we like to barbecue. We like, you know, yeah. we like all of that. But I've done uh, at the barbecues, we have things for, for the kids as well. You know, like we've had... Um, water balloon fights with fathers and kids. We've had water guns there. We've had, I've had like a big um, inflatable, what are those things called? The bounce house, not the house. Yeah, like the, the, ob- the obstacle course. Yeah, kind of the obstacle stuff. course. Yeah. yeah, I've had that where it was, we had fathers racing, kids racing, you know, and it was just a great time, you know. And then on top of that, I've also had, you know, I do toy drives every year as well for around mm-hmm. Christmas time. Um, I just did a, a, a backpack giveaway. Just nice. for, you know, for, it was during the COVID times, gave yeah. laptops away. Um, 
but right now with the, some of the biggest things that's going on is I do these father, father, daughter hair classes. Uh, so I have a friend. Oh, of that's me. cool. Yeah. I have a friend of mine. So she, um, she owns a salon all mixed up out here. And so she comes and teaches the fathers how to do their daughter's hair. Right. And I have something's coming out. I'm, I don't want to say just yet, but something's coming out specifically for fathers and sons as well. You know, mm. so it's just something for them to for, for us to get out the house with our kids, get the uh, the bonding that we need with them to, to build on those relationships. You know, because like we said, us being in their lives is very important and showing them that, you know, uh, how, how, it, how it will affect in the long run. Yeah. Yeah, man, I'm terrible at doing my daughter's hair. I have four of them. I have four of them. And uh, yeah, I, I'm no good. I, I, they they let me try a few times and then they they fired me. So um, I, I could probably use like a YouTube video from um, from Fathers Are Needed. And I just got to point out, I love, you know, I watch your videos on your, your website. You know, the FAN, you know, that the Fathers Are Needed, the acronym FAN, oh, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, being a fan of fatherhood, a fan of your kids, uh, I think that that's just that's just super cool. So I love what you're doing, man. I love it. I love it. Anybody who's out, you know, working together to to one be a good dad, and then two to spread the word that fatherhood matters is is just so critical. So something I wanted to bring up is is your own dad. Mm-hmm. You know, what's your relationship like with your own dad? Um, yeah, he's very much in my life. He's been in my life, my, my entire life. Uh, you know, I have a great relationship with my father. It's actually grown um, even more since I've had my my own child. You know, mm. uh, it was crazy. I uh, I, I kind of joke about this with certain people, but um, I, I seen a side of my dad that I've never seen before when my daughter was around him. My daughter mm. first coming up. You know, I, I've never seen my dad so vulnerable before. I've never seen my dad, you know... Uh, did he have daughters? Do you have any sisters? Yeah, I have. I have a sister. I have a sister. Okay. Um, okay. But, but I, maybe it's just because you, my daughter's only five. You know, even when she was first coming around, when she was one or two, my daughter. You know, I, my whole family's in California. So when we go to California to visit them, um, I would see my daughter crawling again around. She was one. My dad is on the floor crawling mm. with her. And I used, I used to look at my siblings like, who is this? Like, <laughs> where was this guy? <laughs> you know, like I was like I said, we were raised in a very strict, like very disciplined house. And, you know, mm-hmm. and so that that's kind of how I modeled stuff from from my father. But seeing that is like amazing. Yeah, I think it's a really critical point because you and I have something to look forward to one day if our kids have kids mm-hmm. is that gra- grandfather. It's like one day you'll have, uh, you know grandpas are needed or grandfathers are needed because (laughs) and you think about that it's like at that point you have more time you have more wisdom i mean Mm -hmm. how important are grandfathers in our kids lives it's it's Mm -hmm. it's important and and we live in a day and age where we kind of just like don't have a really good respect for older generations because they Mm -hmm. might not know technology as well as us which is ludicrous because that's not life experience Mm -hmm. um Okay, so then you have a good relationship with your dad now. What did he do when you were a kid, teenager, young adult to cultivate and and continue to help the two of you have a good relationship? Because I think it's good for us to look in our past and go, okay, if you have a good dad, mm-hmm. not everybody has to, can say that. What is it that your dad did to, to earn your trust and respect in the relationship? Mm-hmm. Um. So think about my dad. He didn't really we, we, we didn't really have like those long talks. Right. Mm. My dad was more about showing than than telling. Right. Mm-hmm. So he would just show us and we would just see 
see how he is with my mom, see how he is with with my siblings, you know, see how he carries himself. You know, um, yeah, of course, we've had those we've had conversations and everything, but he was more of like, a, a, I'm going to show you more than more than I can tell you or better than I can yeah. tell you, I should say, you know. Yeah. What are some of the things you feel like he showed you? I mean, one, you said he he loved your mom really well. Right. Right. Is yeah, there anything absolutely. else that sticks out to you that it's like, man, this guy just showed me, mm. showed me how to be a good father? Um, how he carried himself, for one, mm. um, how he carried himself and then how he was um, just around us. Um, growing up now, I'm older. We've had more mature conversations, you know. Yeah. So I found out about a lot of a lot of things about my father. I had no clue about when I was a kid, mm. you know. So seeing how he kind of sheltered us from um, from certain things. So that way we can have more of a positive mindset with, you know, positive mindset, not just with him, yeah. with yeah. life in general, you know? So I think that definitely helped as well. And that's something that I'm learning and trying to do with my daughter, like kind of shelter her away from uh, anything negative that's going on or, or, or just so that way she doesn't, you know, she doesn't see or, or grow up in that. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause you know, we talked about the vulnerability piece before. Mm-hmm. So it's being in tune with where your kid has, where your kid is and, and when is the appropriate time to, to like, what will they learn from and what mm-hmm. will hurt them, you mm-hmm. know, and, and figuring that out is you just, you really have to know your kid, mm-hmm. you know, which means you got to spend time with them, engage with them and know when is appropriate time to, to allow them to grow in different levels of life. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, I think that's also something that I've learned from him as well is like, as I've gotten older, he's starting to have like, obviously those more mature conversations with me. And then also, you know, with now me as being 30 and a parent, uh, you know, yes. those conversations are probably the most mature that they're going to get now, you know? And um, just seeing, like looking back, like, as you're saying, like, looking from the past, like seeing how the conversations were when I was just a kid to where they are now, how, uh, uh, how, how different they were um, really just shows me like, I think, wow, I'm kind of having an aha moment right now, just talking to you about it. Uh, Cause I've never really talked about it like that, but I think it, it kind of just shows me, it, it shows me how, how he felt about us, like how much he actually loved us and how, how much, mm. he did, you know what I mean? Mm. And, and just seeing, seeing how he was with us, um, yeah, I think it just it shows a different different type of love, a different side of love. Yeah, I mean, even kind of hearing your voice, seeing your face about this, I think sometimes we discredit that he showed me, he didn't tell me, mm-hmm. you know, without thinking it was a bit of a different generation, mm-hmm. and we're we're learning and growing, and and if we can look at it as like, oh, I didn't get that from my dad. Versus, wait a second, let me look at how he did, you mm-hmm. know, instead of it just being from Ned's worldview or Will's worldview, mm-hmm. from his worldview, like, how does my dad view me? And mm-hmm. if I look at his actions, mm-hmm. that tells me a whole lot. And then I think we build on that. And because I think some of us, you know, we live in a little bit of a victim world that we can live with, like, oh, I wish my dad would have done this. It's like, mm-hmm. no, instead of doing it, saying I'm doing this because my dad never did it, I'm building upon what he created for our family mm-hmm. in the way that he knew how with the tools he had. I mean, look right. at all the tools we have today. Right. It's absurd. We could grow so fast with everything that's at our fingertips. Right. Right. And not to say anything about my, you know, uh, real quick about what, how my dad showed, because I think, I think showing is huge. 
Right. Yeah. I think showing instead of because you can tell somebody something all day long, but if you're not living it in yourself, then it it, it really holds no weight. Like if you, if you don't even for do sure, it, for you sure. know, um, um, but I, you, what was I going to say? Oh, so so it's crazy that you say that too because my brother actually said this to me the other day, or maybe it was like a month ago or so. He said, uh, "At what point?" did you realize your parents were human? Right. Mm, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I was like, I was like, wow. Yeah. Like at what point did I, like my parents, they have bills, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. all their money isn't just for us. You know, they have bills, you know, they have, they have a life, they have their own problems, situations, you know, like what was it like when they grew up? Like what was their trauma? You know, like, right. you know what I mean? So what was it that prompted that? What, what prompted him to say that? Um, I think it was, oh, I think I was talking to him about um, how I was with my daughter at, at, at one point. I think I told mm. him, I told him that like, I wanted to be, I like wanted to be better with my daughter uh, about certain things. So it, it brought up conversations of how him and I were with my dad and like certain conversations we've had with him. Um, mm. And then my brother, you know, uh, uh, he said somebody else said it to him or he said it to somebody before, but he, he asked me that question. He was like, you know, w- w- at one point or what age did we realize that they were, that they're human? Like, you know, they were once our age too. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, I've had this concept sometimes when I look at my grandparents or my uncles or aunts or even my own parents is forgetting that they're human. <clears throat> and I wonder if, I wonder if maybe they didn't always show a vulnerable side. You know, and, and my hope is I, I want my kids to know that I'm human um, based on me telling them, not just me screwing up and mm-hmm. pretending like I didn't <laughs> screw up. Right. right. It's like right. owning my owning my stuff. Um, but I think that, yeah, it's true. I mean, do your kids know that you're human? Have you shown yourself to your kids that they know that you're human, too, that you're growing, that you have thoughts, mm-hmm. that you have problems right. and not not just that, but the good side, too. You know, mm-hmm. the good side of, of, of full life, a full life. All right. So I want to go back to something you had talked about a couple different things about the view of fatherhood and, and um, the aspects of fatherhood. And you said like society's view of fatherhood. And I wanted to jump in and ask you, you know, what do you think about that? What is society's view of fatherhood? Um, so I feel, um, so I like to tell this, this, this quick little story about, uh, uh, why, why I started thinking about that aspect, right. When it comes to fathers are needed. Um, I, my, you know, kids, they go to a doctor's appointment. So I was headed to a doctor's appointment for my daughter. Um, she mm-hmm. was with my mother at the time. So they were on the way. I got there just a little early. It was pretty empty. I, there's just a lady at the front desk. I remember going to the front desk. Um, and she said, can I help you? I told her I was here for my daughter, et cetera, et cetera. She immediately got on the phone, um, found out she was calling my daughter's mother. Uh, while I was standing there and um, she said, oh, yeah, hey, is this um, Arya's mother, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, well, the doctor um, should have emailed you. She, the doctor's not going to be in today. We just need to reschedule. And I was like, oh, ma'am, like I, I told her, I said, ma'am, she's, she's driving right now. She has my daughter with her. You know, I'm her father. You can talk to me. And she ignored me. And Oof. she stayed on the phone. She said, um, yes, yeah, so we just need to reschedule. I was like, ma'am, I'm like, ma'am, she's driving you know, my daughter's in the car with her as she's driving. I'm her father. You can just talk to me. She put the phone down. She said, we'd rather talk to the mothers here and got back on the phone 
and continue her conversation with with the mother. Right. Right. That's kind of what started triggering certain things. And I just started, you know, uh, having other discussions with fathers, like their stories uh, about society as well. And that's where I just, you know, start thinking like, okay, well, we need to do something to change that narrative. Right. To change that perspective. But also, again, but why, why, why does society think this way towards fathers? And it starts with us. Like we were saying before, there's Mm -hmm. that small group of fatherhood that pulls us down, um, you know, as a whole, you know. And so as we as fathers um, uh, progress with fatherhood, then I feel like society would as well. Yeah. Like you said before, even with, you know, some of the, the, the rules, like how you're sharing about Arizona, it's like, that'll all follow us as we show, mm-hmm. as we show that we, we, it's like earn the right. And I, and I think some of us are like, I don't want to earn the right. I'm already <laughs> crushing it. This is, this is crap. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I do think that the level that dads show up compared to the history, let's just say the last hundred years of how moms show up, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's interesting dynamic though, because it's like, we're moved from this, the dad works and the mom stays home and cooks right. and cleans and stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. So we've shifted from this, which I think, fine, great. Run your house, how you want to run your house. Um, but then to totally remove the father as an important figure, into mm-hmm. to like there's a piece missing there because it's not that the dad wasn't engaged before it was that our society was built on a one household income it didn't need mm-hmm. a two household income mm-hmm. and so that's just how the norm was set up so the mom was the one taking the kid to school taking the kid to the doctor's office because the dad was making the only bacon that was coming home mm-hmm. but now that right. we've shifted in our culture for some reason, the idea that the dad can't show up, I don't know. I think it's being broken to some level, mm-hmm. but there's still issues. There's still stuff that needs to be caught up. Right, right. And that's that's where I agree. I mean, I feel like, like I was saying, some some parts are still just stuck in the past. You know, like the system and yeah. the politics behind everything, they haven't caught up to, like you say, how, how the culture has changed now, you know? and. What's interesting though is you know you're in a unique situation because you do have a, the the split household. Mm-hmm. So because you know you want to be engaged, you're showing up to things because you want you know you want to be engaged and, mm-hmm. and 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 it's important to you to show your daughter that she matters. Um, <clears throat> I wonder if as many dads are showing up to the doctor's appointments and things if if they're if they're not in a split household, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that. Mm-hmm. I think that mm. I, I do get the divide and conquer is is valuable, but I also mm. think that showing, you know, especially in a household with two incomes, it's like I think some dads still say, "Oh, that's you know, mom's going to take you yeah. to school, mm-hmm. mom's going to take you to the doctors," mm-hmm. and so I think dads who are um, listening to this, who you and your spouse work, are there things you're dumping on her that you shouldn't be right. because that's the quote unquote norm. Right. Or are there th- more things that you can help around with or help out with when it, when it comes to them? Dude, I even think it's crazy. I took my daughter, 15 year old to go get, um, uh, we had a n- look at her knee, you mm-hmm. know, but at 15, the doctors like take her back and go have a conversation with her without even me in the room, mm-hmm. you know? And there's all, I'm just like, dude, this is crazy. <laughs> right. This is crazy that you can have confidentiality with her and she could be doing things that are hurtful to her life. And I don't even get to have a part of that. Mm-hmm. Right. Dude. 
crazy, that's, right? <laughs> it's crazy, bro. It's not. I was not stoked at all. Um, and it made her uncomfortable too. You know, she came out like, dude, that was weird. You know, because it's like, are you safe at home and stuff? And it, I mean, and that's all on us, I guess, for creating a world where where we've accepted mm-hmm. that and we've allowed that to happen. Mm-hmm. So I can't just be mad, you know, at the rule makers because unfortunately a lot of those rules were made because somebody probably did something stupid. Right. Exactly. And I, I think we, we talk about like a smaller group that was pulling fatherhood down these days. I think the, the group was, was massive, you know, back in the past. Mm. And I think we're, we're, we're still in the works of trying to reverse, you know, reverse that, um, that uh, situation, uh, everything yeah. that's happened. Yeah, uh, that that mindset that's out there, and and say, hey, this things have changed. There's so many dads engaged. Mm-hmm. Man, uh, will I have just loved talking with you? Uh, the fact that you went to your daughter's flag ceremony this morning mm-hmm. to me, that's like such a huge thing because we can make the fathers are needed T-shirt and throw mm-hmm. the fun events, and we can do all the you know the blogs and the podcasts and the books and all the stuff to put ourselves out there to say fatherhood matters. But to share that you're showing up where no one, no one, nobody cares. Right. But your daughter. (laughs) Right. And that shows like, dude, that is actual real blood, sweat and tears. What matters Mm -hmm. to you? So I love what you're doing with your daughter. I love the way you're showing up for her. I love the way that you're loving her and how you're inspiring other dads. Again, not just through your words, but through your actions. Right. How to show up for your kids. So my final question to you is. 30 years from now, you're peering into the home of your daughter. You're 61. Uh-oh, your okay. daughter's 30, 36, 36 or so okay. at this time. Uh, okay. And you're looking into her house. What is it that you see from a legacy standpoint? And it's not money, but it's how is she living based on the way that you showed up every day? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, see, that, that, that was very tough. Um, I, I have so many things that I can think of. Uh, that I want to say, but I think the biggest things are her character um, mm-hmm. and the impact that she has, not just on herself, but not just on her life, but the impact that she has on everybody around her, you know, not just her family uh, or not just immediate family, but outside family, her friends, you know, her, her kids, friends, et cetera, just the impact and just how she carries herself. I don't, but I also I don't think that started with me. I think that's something that I got from my father. You know, dude, hundred percent. You're telling me this. I'm going. This this shows how important fatherhood is. Mm-hmm. Because when I asked you about your dad before, mm-hmm. you said it, it's he. You said the same words. It's about how he carried himself, exactly. which is a character answer. Mm-hmm. You're answering about his character, right. which isn't. Which, which is a lot, right? That's a lot to unpack. But then when asked about your daughter, so then, a, you know, your generation, now mm-hmm. her generation yeah. goes to how is she carrying herself? What is her character? Mm-hmm. And it goes to show, man, the father has a huge influence mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. your dad influenced you to view characters important. And mm-hmm. now you're passing that down to your daughter. Exactly. And then she's going to be having the same conversation with her kids or about right. her kids it's about how you carry yourself. It's your mm-hmm. character. How are you showing up in the world? Right. And I hope I hope she she also uses that to if I allow her to get married, you know, if if that's <laughs> something that I allow her to do, you know, you know, that, to choose the 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 right husband that that will 
will show those characteristics to her kids, mm. you know, because they're going to be the father figure in, in, in that. I and mean, he's going to be the father figure in that house. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, which then all of a sudden makes this way more real for you and I, because I could show up every day and be a kick ass dad for my family. Mm-hmm. But one of the main reasons why I do this and I'm sure why you do what you're doing is there needs to be other good dads. Like I really want there to be good men for my daughters to marry. Right. I want there to be right. good women for my son to marry. And and if there's not other dads out there showing up to the level that you and I are continuously trying to level mm-hmm. up as dads, mm-hmm. then all the work we're doing, it's not for, for nothing. Mm-hmm. But, but the idea that I want my kids to have amazing families one day, if that's what they mm-hmm. choose, you know, that's mm-hmm. my hope is that I've built a foundation and other dads have done the same. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 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 Yeah. Like, like it. And, and how do I put this? That's why, that's why, like you're saying, that's why we do what we do. That's why I just showed up today. And again, mm-hmm. that comes from my dad. Like I said, he, he used to show, he didn't tell. And I think uh, that it also plays a part. Um, like you're saying with generations, because my dad, I have a brother as well. Like I said, a brother and a sister. So my dad passed that to me and my brother. Mm. And with my sister, she is um, in whoever she's, you know, trying to see or, or date. She's making sure that they have those same characteristics as her brother and her father. You yeah. know? And so and, and, and good or bad. Right. So it's like mm-hmm. if dad was a deadbeat, then she's going to be looking for a deadbeat. It's just like right. it's just kind of right. how it goes. Right. So right. so that that uh, character piece that you show to your kids, it's like if you want to be a deadbeat for you, then fine. But now that you got kids, you can't anymore. Do it for mm-hmm. them. Level mm-hmm. up for them. Mm-hmm. Help prepare them for incredible life. Um, and that comes down to how you're showing up every day, how you're carrying right. yourself, your character. Right. And that takes work. Absolutely. It takes work. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And like you said, I think one of the things you said, uh, you learned from, learned from mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. Is, is some of your biggest growths are, or when you fall down and you get back up again and that's where character is built. Right. Um, well, bro, thank you so much for the work you're doing. I mean, fathers are needed. I love what you're doing. I love how you're inspiring dads. And and I really love how you love your daughter. So keep doing what you're doing. Keep spreading the word that fatherhood matters. And I look forward to watching you and all that fathers are needed, you know, continues to do out there in the world. All right. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you having me on here. All right, man. Until next time. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. What a solid dude. I loved hearing Will's story, his passion, the way he shows up for his daughter. Just incredible, incredible. If all of us showed up with that same intentionality, the world would look different. And I know those of you listening, that is why you're even here because you're showing up as that father. We got to continue to spread the word that fatherhood matters and inspire and encourage others, other dads into their role as well. Love it. Love it. Okay. Thank you. Thank you to all you dads out there listening to Rebellion Creates Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. What you do matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned Shout. Together, let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in mastering the craft of fatherhood. If you haven't already, take a quick second to write a review, like, and share the podcast. It helps spread the word that fatherhood matters. I look forward to hanging out with you next time. Thank you.